everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I'm fantastic, Robbie. I'm doing better than the Yum Yum Fish. I mean, by the end of the episode, Yum Yum Fish are doing pretty good. I mean, they are, but, you know, they're still probably going to get overfished because they're going to finish cutting down, like, the 38 trees on that island, and... <laughs> Matt, they're gonna have to go back to the fish. Let's not talk about. I don't. I don't need to think about climate, uh, climate or environmental catastrophe. All right, I do my best not to think about it because otherwise I would just be frozen with existential dread throughout my entire day. I need to get work done. Hi guys, hello listeners. We are brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. You can Patreon, 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 Uh Patreon. Either way, doesn't really. You can say it however you want. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show for only $2 a month. You can get access to all of our bonus material. Matt and I watched a, uh, a Neil Breen movie last month for our bonus episode. Oh, Matt really God, liked we it. we sure did. I want to. We need to watch another one, Matt. We need to do another one. We need to do Faithful Findings or Pass Through. Pass Through is really. I don't even know what the names of these things are. Matt. I know That's things. I know. I have a lot of knowledge. Okay, some of it is not. Most but I feel of like it. the names of Neil Breen. Uh, Matt, I remember uh, the names of things. I'm sorry, I don't de- describe movie as movie with man in it, which is how you describe all the films you have ever seen. Not all of them, but Neil Breen films. I don't remember the names of them. We have a person to thank, Matthew. Thank goodness. I'm going to probably mispronounce this. I apologize in advance. Einar Onsom. Thank you. Thank you. This is this week's episode. Oh boy. Uh, it's The Wife Aquatic. The Wife Aquatic. Episode JBFO3, originally aired January 7th, 2007. Written by Kevin Curran, directed by Lance Kramer. Received a 7.3 rating with 11.6 million viewers. And Matt, you might say, wow, that seems pretty high for lately. And I'd say, yep, you're correct. There was a lead-in. There was a uh, NFL playoff game that led directly into this episode. The Eagles versus well, that the, makes a lot of sense. The Eagles versus the Giants. Um, the Eagles won twenty three to twenty. I'm sure my dad was very happy on that day. Um, this is also our first two thousand seven episode, Matt. We finally got out of two thousand six. Oh, we did it. We survived, Robbie. Yay. Yeah, I know. Twenty. I think two thousand seven is probably also going to be interminably long. I mean, it's, it's modern Simpsons. It's all interminably long. I gotta have hope sometimes, Matt. I just try and cling on to it. Uh, the couch gag. The couch and the Simpsons are pinned onto a bulletin board one at a time. It's perfectly fine. Couch gag. I enjoyed it more than anything in the episode. Again, I think. Yep. I th- yep. I would say yes, it is. Yeah. The best. Yep. Thing yep. The best thing in this episode. I'm really trying to think of anything in this episode. I'm going to ask, okay, before we even get into this episode, Matt, did you laugh at anything in this episode? Did you laugh out loud? Laugh out loud. Okay. Um. Uh, uh, I don't know if I call it laughing, but when the town gets drowned, uh, in like the the global warming sketch, I kind of smiled a little bit. But that's probably as close as I got. You smiled at everyone dying. <laughs> to climate <laughs> well, actually, change. It was. It was. It was Marge's response. It was. That's a long. Three years is a long way away. <laughs> yeah, that was. That was clever. I. I didn't laugh. I'll say. I didn't I didn't laugh out loud at all during this episode, but I did go, oh, that's clever. That's 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 interesting. It works. Um oh boy, this guy guys, this episode. Um for once Matt has the sizable chunk of it. I'm so happy about that. Um Okay. The family the, the episode begins. The family going to a movie at the park. 
free movie at the park. You just bring a, a, a picnic blanket and you know, you sit out sit out on the lawn. You watch a movie. Um, there's no spots left. I mean, you just sit in the back. Am I overthinking this? Uh, well, no, you're absolutely underthinking this, Robbie, of how important it is to get the spot near the front. It's just crucially important. I guess so. I always thought those people, like, whenever I've gone to something like this and there's clearly like, oh, man, it's so packed. I'm like, I don't really care if I see this movie that well. <laughs> I'm just kind of sitting. I'm just hanging out outside with my, my loved ones. I don't care. <laughs> If I see this movie, this is not, if I want to watch a movie, I'm just going to watch it, literally watch it. I'm going to sit in my living room with my giant television just to me. But exactly. that's just me. Not I, I, There's always people hunting and pecking for these little tiny spots. I'm like, why? Why? So you can be surrounded by people? Um, and you can't even get up without people being, you're blocking people's whatever. Um, but that is also, the, it's outdoors and the outdoors are terrible. It's nighttime outdoors. Nighttime outdoors in places that aren't Florida are sometimes nice. Yeah, that's probably true. You're right. There's no mosquitoes or less mosquitoes than in in Florida where you can't go uh, outside without being eaten no alive by mosquitoes, nice. especially at any time it's pleasant. Um, they're going to see a movie. In we don't know what the movie is yet, but we do know that Homer and the kids need a really good spot. They spot one. And uh, a little section of grass that's still available. The Van Houten's spotted at the same time. So we get a, I hope you're ready for this, a an action a montage where they, both the families are running, sorting, jumping, scurrying through the crowd, trying to get to this last spot. Van Houten's about to take it, but uh, Homer throws Maggie at the spot and she uses her a blanket as a parachute lands in the spots and claims it for the family, mm-hmm. leaving the Van Houtens having to sit somewhere else. You'd go, oh, the Van Houtens, they, do they pop up again this episode? Nope, never again. Nope, That's this it. is just a quick gag. It is. To, it is. If I, 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 it was something. It's something. Um, I probably like, I wouldn't mind this as much if anything else in this, if the episode, like, I think a lot of the times these these empty first acts, I wouldn't mind so much if the second and third acts actually delivered anything of substance. Yes, uh, unfortunately not. No, uh, but we we see the movie, and the movie is a silent film chosen by Flanders because it's a G. These have to movies have to be G rated apparently, and that makes them incredibly wholesome. Yeah, I so the Flanderses are the ones putting on this show. Because the Rod and Todd are the, the two are they manning the projector, and does so Flanders never watch this movie, or is okay here? So we see this okay here here let's let's break this down. This is what this episode does done to me. Uh, it's a silent film, uh, from black and white from I guess the twenties is my guess. Um, incredibly lame, not and violent, very violent, very lame. Not funny, not entertaining. They actually make a joke about how bad it is. But this movie is at least a minute long. A fifth of this episode, right? That's that I did the math. Yeah, a fifth of you this did episode the correctly. A fifth of the is this horrible uh, silent movie where a policeman sees himself on a wanted poster and immediately hangs himself. Yeah, there's a lot of hijinks going on. It's very wacky. Um, it's about a criminal and the cop running, the criminal running from the cop and. And then the cop 
sees himself on it. It ends with what Matt just said, uh, the cop hanging himself, which is real great, uh, real funny. Not funny, I should add. Um, but basically, this the joke about this movie is that it's not good. That is the joke. And it, no one likes it. No one likes it, this movie, which I, I agree. I also don't like this movie. But this is not... You spend a minute of this episode... And it's very clear this episode has this is should have been the tip. Matt, this should have been my mind. I'm like, oh, they don't have anything in this. Because they spent a minute go doing it what making us watch the silent movie. Like it, and there's nothing special about this. This it is basically un like it might as well have just been Steamboat Willie. They might as well have just put like a Mickey Mouse cartoon on. It, like it's that. It's just like a very basic cartoon. Like it's like a free cartoon you watch you see at the beginning of a like you see, like I would have watched at the beginning of an old movie in like in the twenties, and people are upset about it. Finally, they start throwing stuff. Uh, the, the the bullies are the first ones. They throw radishes. There's like a joke about radishes. Well, I don't know what's happening. They break the projector, or they break that film. They ruin the film. They ruin the film, thankfully. But Patty and Selma are there to save the day. Inexplicable, Matt. This is inexplicable. Well, Robbie, they tell us why they've been carrying them around just in the hopes of an emergency like this. They can save the day. Man, I'm going to ask you a question. Oh, don't don't ask questions, Robbie. That just gets you in trouble. Pretend the Simpsons are like modern day Russia. As long as you don't ask questions and look straight ahead, you'll be fine. Matt, is there any reason at all this couldn't have taken place in the Simpsons house where we literally start the episode with the the with Patty and Selma coming over? And the plan is to watch old home movies, and they watch this old home movie at home. Could they? Why? Why did they not? Why couldn't they do that? Well, Robbie, there's no reason they couldn't. But do you want to know why they didn't? Uh, yes, I do. Please tell me. Uh, they had jokes about a movie in a park, and they had time to fill. Matt, you said you use the word jokes. <sighs> so... Sorry. They had observations about going to a movie in the park. Scenes that happen in a, a park. Uh, there uh -huh. is a joke again. I want to be very clear about what a joke is as a, a setup and then a punchline, an expectation, and then you surprise your audience with something that's humorous. Um, I don't really this this the, I don't mind necessarily the like rush to find a spot, but this film is a terrible downer, not funny. And then we get this the actual first bit of substance in this episode, um, which again. If it was built on at all, I think I would appreciate it a lot more than I do. Uh, but we get these home movies that Patty and Selma have brought. Um, and they are, I guess, Super 8 film or something. Which, like, that's not explained either. Like, these home movies, like, at this point in the show, wouldn't they have had a, basically had camcorders uh, as kids? See, this would have been 2007. So they're in there, let's say, 40 for Patty and Selma. So back 40 years in 2007. Uh, no, it would have been Super 8. Okay, my, like second, my second, my second, my next question is, how does that tri that projector play Super Eight movies? It doesn't matter. Robbie, Robbie, that's all, all all reel to reel is the same. Okay, I don't. I mean, that's I don't mean to be like this, like pedantic, whatever. But it again, when your plot makes no sense to begin with, all these little tiny things pick up in the dust storm. Um, we watch the, the the Super Eight movie or whatever it is, and to be fair, I. This is honestly is this I think this these scenes with Patty Selma and Marge as kids 
wandering through what we learn is Barnacle Bay on vacation is probably the best stuff in this episode. It is because it's enjoyable and it shows people being happy and there are actual things that might be jokes, maybe, kind of, sort of. I mean, it's 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 fun. They're fun situations. It's fun. I think that's ultimately where it's like, oh, we get Marge reminiscing. We get Patty and Selma like being get Patty and Selma being like they're they're horse playing with each other. It's like they're just being kids. They're being fun. I don't know who's filming them. I assume the parents. I guess we never see them. It doesn't really matter. But we get like, oh, they're on vacation and Marge misses it. Interesting. Okay, what are they going to do with this? That's not a bad idea. It's like, okay, yeah. We get to see Marge reminiscing and Marge remembering, oh, visiting Barnacle Bay on vacation, this very cherished time in our childhood. What are they going to do with this This stuff? This is like bringing up interesting narrative fuel. That is what I always think about. Like, oh, this this is interesting. This the, They could really do something with this. I assume it's a visit to Barnacle Bay. That is my assumption. And Homer, Matt even bolded this word, eventually, <laughs> after a lot well, of... Because sp- Homer does a whole bunch of little things to try and... Uh, get out of it like oh I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna take that movie and I'm gonna put it on DVD all right so Mark gets to watch it again and then someone says I'm gonna take this movie from DVD and put it on her iPod and then he can't figure out how to do that and then eventually he says oh now we're gonna actually go there I don't think the intent is to show Homer doesn't want to go man I think Homer just doesn't realize he should go like he's that yes, stupid yes you're right I mean in Homer I can't I cannot emphasize enough Homer is the dumbest man alive in this entire episode. Like, not even a moment in this episode where he's not the completely stupidest person on Earth. Yeah, he has a few good ideas uh, in this episode. One is that he, uh, you know, uh, eventually comes up with the idea to take Marge to Barnacle Bay, although the kids probably told him to. And then in a later point, he restores a carousel that Marge loved. Or he, he has somebody else restore a carousel that Marge loved. Good ideas. The rest is awful. <laughs> Yeah, there are mom- a couple moments of kindness. I think that those are the, the, the bright spots for Homer. Otherwise, ugh. But eventually, they come on the idea, you'll go to Barnacle Bay as a family. Um, they, they, they get on a ferry. Uh, I guess Barnacle Bay is on an island? As best we can tell from the, the pullout shot at the end, yes. How many places called Bay are like literally, are, but are actually an island? I mean, technically, I mean, maybe Barnacle Bay is on a different island that has a different name. It's just one of the cities on this island. Maybe. Okay. But they're going to go to Barnacle Bay, and we get their trip and the reveal of what Barnacle Bay looks like now. It's the famous Barnacle Bay fog. There's even a poem about it. Oh, cotton candy and gossamer light. Thy soft gray kiss upon my cheek. It smells like Heine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my childhood paradise. It's a dump. This is the most disgusting place we've ever gone. What about Brazil? After Brazil. Let's get that dig in right at the last second. Yep. Uh, apparently Brazil was mad at uh, you know how the Simpsons portrayed them, so you know, gotta gotta jab at them. Yeah. Um, okay, Matt. So that's the end of the act. But before we go into the act two, I want to break. This is a thought I had, which is a problem with basically all of these past few seasons of the Simpsons, 
where by the end, I think this is not a crazy proposition or expectation of mine. I'm going to lay it out for the, our audience. By the oh, end of a year. By the, oh, no. It's okay, Matt. It's not, it's, not a, it's not. I mean, it's bad in this episode because this episode's bad. But by the end of the first act of a Simpsons episode, I should know what an episode is about. And, and unless there is a very, very good reason, that is what the episode should stay about. So you're saying that in this episode, at the end of Act 1, the problem is that Barnacle Bay sucks. So what we're going to do is we're going to fix Barnacle Bay. That's that's our episode, right? When I ask, I, have, I, I don't think I've done it in a, while, in a while, but I have asked many times. I ask, what is this episode about, Matt? I go, that's what I ask you. What is this episode about? And I don't mean what's the plot of the episode. I mean, what's the theme of the episode? And... And sometimes those two things are very closely married, and sometimes they're a little bit divorced. But largely, I mean, what is this when this episode? What is this episode about? You know, when like okay, and this is very clear to me. I was thinking about uh, another episode where they go visit a maritime, a a coastal area, summer four foot two. the The end of the first act is them. We see basically the whole first act is oh, it's the beginning of summer, getting ready for a trip, getting ready for vacation. And the last the, the 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 last thing we see in the first act of Summer Four Foot Two is Lisa saying goodbye, Lisa Simpson. She packs nothing. Uh, she is struggling with who and what she's going to be, and that what turned that is what the episode is about. The episode is about Lisa struggling with her identity and reinventing herself and realizing that no, actually, who she is is perfectly fine. She just needs to accept that. And the episode, and that is what the episode is about. There's twists and turns along the way, but ultimately it stays on that message the entire time. And everything we see on the in the A plot with Lisa is all about that. It is about establishing and challenging her her ideals of self and how she identify how she identifies as what she identifies as Lisa. What does that mean? And she goes goodbye, Lisa Simpson, at the very end. Sorry, four foot two, and we watch in uh, act two and act three is that is challenged and there's conflicts and especially with Bart and, and like all that stuff. So it is established. It is it, established. It is established at the end of the first act, what the episode is about and it doesn't change. And just because I, I feel like some people don't understand this or, or disagree with it for some odd reason, but it is, I'm going to hear this is also a firm belief of mine in art in general, not just in The Simpsons. But if a sh- if a like a movie or a TV show or any or a comic book, a book, any kind of narrative art, if it, it it's a good thing, if it gives you what you expect, that that is a good thing. If I if it introduces a theme in the first thir- in the first act of a story. And then it delivers on that theme. You don't get crazy surprises. You don't get big twists. That is good. That shows that the creator is is competent. <laughs> well, yes, Robbie. But, but. Big, a big giant surprise for no reason is bad. I cannot. That's what M. Night Shyamalan did with a lot of his movies. And that's why a lot of people made fun of him. Because there were t- big twists that didn't really need to be there. And it seems like The Simpsons for whatever reason, largely just go, oh, this is what... They introduce something in the first act, and then they abandon it. That is incompetence. That is bad writing. Because I've never seen this episode before, Matt. Ever. Never seen this episode before. I had no idea what it was about. 
I watch this first act, I go, ideally, as a as a unsuspecting audience member, I would think that this episode is going to be about Marge trying to to come to terms with the fact that what Barnacle Bay is now is not what Barnacle Bay was when she was a child, and how can how can she basically deal with that maybe it involves making barnacle bay a better place again maybe it means growing up in a certain way and and thinking and and abandoning her ideas of what nostalgia does to her there's a lot of different ways you can go with it but instead none of that happens and we go to commercial five minutes and 36 seconds and when we come back, uh, we get more of how terrible uh, Barnacle Bay is uh, because there are swastikas on the eyes of the unicorn on the carousel. Uh, they wander around. Uh, there are uh, still a few people. There are three people who I guess work on the waterfront on the boardwalk um, and are, who are incredibly surprised to see tourists of any stripe. Homer gets his arm caramelled, uh, which would, would burn the skin off, but whatever. Uh, and, and also Homer does not realize that it is sugar. The caramel is sugar, but whatever we see him licking his arm for a while we do we do do that so um it turns out that the reason for all of this like barnacle bay was apparently never about tourism it was about the yum yum fish excuse me skipper this island used to be a paradise what happened i bet it was bill clinton's fault no no it was long before him slick willie wiggles out of another one this island has been on hard times since well, since the yum-yum fish disappeared. Yum-yum fish? Oh, yum-yum fish are all we used to eat here. They're the most delicious fish in the ocean. Better than cod? Much better. Whoa, baby. We brought them in by the boatload, day and night. Then one day, they well, they were gone. Maybe you just overfished them. Maybe they underspawned. Maybe you killed them all. Or maybe the fish killed themselves. Maybe you should be ashamed of yourself. Or maybe you should marry Millhouse. Yeah, that's right. I know about Millhouse. Indeed, he knows about Millhouse. Somehow, we're not going to ask how. Because we don't care. Matt, what we're is this? keep moving on. Matt, what is this? Uh, it turns out that the reason for Barnacle Bay sucking is uh, because they used to be a fishing community, and now they aren't anymore. All of this boardwalk stuff had nothing to do with the prosperity of Barnacle Bay. It turns out it was all about fishing. That doesn't make any sense, Matt. Robbie, why would it make sense? I don't understand. It's a Dude, comedy show. Comedy doesn't have to make sense. Matt, I know you're doing this on purpose. I know that you don't actually I know. believe what I'm you're saying. I'm here to make you so incredibly mad. I know. It makes you want to punch me. I know. I like. I know. I know that your work. You're trying to work me. The problem is, it's working. You're you're doing a good job. <laughs> uh, you're getting heat. Uh, I'm really upset. Um, I'm just full on using wrestling terms in my day to day life now. I can't help it. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry to the non wrestling fans that listen to this podcast. <laughs> um. Short answer, Matt, is uh, I want to believe The Simpsons and Springfield as a real place that functions with close to real life rules. And when they just just immediately they're like, when when why is this about fish now? What does this have to do with fish? You would think like, OK, if Marge and the and her sisters are visiting this place for a tour, like as a boardwalk it's tourism that keeps this place going and there had to have been some terrible accident that started scaring people away and that's the reason barnacle bay fell into hard times but no they make it it's about fish Mm -hmm. it sure is stupid incredibly stupid in fact but that's okay because we're going to keep moving 
<sighs> so uh, the town is still a dump uh, because of the Yemen fascia, as we have now learned, not because of uh, any tourism thing. So Homer, Marge is sad at this. So Homer gets the the three touristy uh, servicing people from earlier uh, to restore the carousel for Marge. He's going to make it just like it was. Uh, how, how he gets them to do that, I, I guess he pays them. Does Is that why? Why do they do this? I, I don't know. We don't know. All we know is they do it. Uh, so uh, Marge loves it. Uh, Homer has the kids turn it for them, which I don't think two children could do, but sure, why not? <sighs> I so I I am so uh, I'm so upset. It's okay. We're we're gonna move on to you being more upset. Oh, good. Can't so wait. I can't wait. Relish the feeling right yeah. now. The okay, less so. upset feeling. Okay. Yeah. Relish that. So <clears throat> okay. Homer then decides that he is going to put on a fireworks display because there were fireworks in that old home movie uh, that Mar- that made Marge extra happy. So Homer gets some incredibly complicated fireworks shooting contraption. He doesn't shoot them off by hand. It's one of like the big ones they use for real shows. Homer then proceeds to use this to destroy the town. Uh, he he sets it on fire basically. He, he, Matt, uh, uh, okay, we're you're we're okay. Wait a second. Wait one second. There is no setup for this. Zero setup. Homer is it, just Homer is putting putting together puts gets people to put together this carousel or make it mm-hmm. nice again. I don't really know what they're doing. They're just we just see them painting. That's all we see. Like I don't know. We don't know why. There's no setup for any of this. You have to like again. The carousel is would be a perfect symbol. Uh, like it's the first thing Marge keys in on when she comes back to Marco Bay and sees it's in like there's n- freaking swastikas in the eyes of the thing. Like it is a perfect symbol, a perfect metaphor for the problems that Barnacle Bay has had. You could really use the. You could always you 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 grab it and you use that in your story to move the the. That you, I would use this at the end when Marge or when Marge is feeling the most challenged. She looks at the the new carousel and goes, "Oh right," and thinks about her childhood and those sweet happy memories. And maybe has could I have the idea that Maggie or Lisa or Bart could be writing this thing and having her their own happy childhood memories. But instead, we just get this fixed right away, and then no setup. Homer's just lighting off fireworks at nighttime. Mm-hmm. He knows how to light fireworks off. He's just like pushing buttons like a professional. He and sure he, is. And the, a lone spark hits this boardwalk and burns it down. To the ground, Robbie. To the ground. Yep. This is the this is saying goodbye to Marge and the family and like any pretense that this is about Barnacle Bay. Because it's not. It's honest. not about not about Barnacle Bay. It's about Homer. No. Always about Homer. When Homer's not on screen. People should be asking, where's Homer? Multiple, don't worry. He's multiple, not about large. Multiple members of our of our, uh, of our Patreon who submitted reviews mentioned Poochie. Cap- this is Poochie. This is Captain Wacky Homer. <laughs> that is what this is. This is th- that we get, like, what, eight minutes of this episode being about something, and then it's about Homer. Just being wacky. Wacky fishing. Hope you like wacky fishing, guys, because about 14 minutes of this episode is just wacky fishing. Yeah. Okay, so uh, moving on. Uh, Homer is punished for this. Sorry, it just hurts me to talk about. 
Homer is punished for this. Uh, they string him up like he is the catch of the day and put a hook in his nose, uh, which should kill him, but it doesn't because, again, Homer is just, just Homer. He's poochy. He's invisible. He's invincible, he's, man. He's, he's invincible, yes. Uh, so they, this weird old man shows up to where they're stringing Homer up and says, oh, Homer can work off his debt to the town by fishing, which will take him the rest of his life because there are no more fish left anymore. So what does he even bother? Okay, fine. Whatever. Uh, but Homer is not doing this on his own. They put him to work as, like, the gopher on a, an already existing fishing ship that is still trying to catch the Yamam fish. And now it gets even stupider. because We get a long period of time where Homer's on the ship. They're catching these awful fish that are used for the, the oil that polishes stripper poles. Uh, and it tastes terrible. Homer eats it anyway. It Anyway. Matt, there's this is all of this. All of this is a parody of uh perfect the perfect the perfect storm and most the well, deadliest catch like it's a all those fishermen movies and shows that's what this is mm-hmm. like we meet the cast and they're all like they have their own little personality um and the captain and and now homer's a part of the crew and there's this ugly fish that doesn't exist in real life and they, that is the best joke they came up with it is an oil for stripper poles that's what we get that's what that's I would what we get. That, that when you use the word joke earlier, Matt, that's this is this follows the formula of a joke where we we see this ugly fish and the you know the setup is oh well what is it used for and then punchline is oil for sure purples. Yep, that's what it's for. Mm-hmm. That makes no sense. Is not funny. Blech. Oh, don't worry, Robbie. It's going to get so much worse. Yep. Don't you worry. I'm happy. Um, I can't wait. So. Uh, that night for dinner, apparently Homer is supposed to make the dinner. Um, he is supposed to make beer battered shrimp and then bait the hooks. He does these poorly because it's Homer. He does. does. He does. Matt. Hey, it's opposite day. (laughs) Robbie, Matt, I'm well aware that it's opposite day. It's Matt. Okay. This is a serious question. How old were you when you stopped doing the opposite day bit with your sister? Let's say. I mean, I'm sure someone tried it in middle school, but by then we were all kind of over it. So 10, 10 years Something old. Like that, yeah. 10 years 10 old. 10 to 12. 10 to 12 years old. There is, yeah, the, the, the entirety of the plot re- revolves around opposite day. Homer beer battering the hooks and feeding bait to the crew. And then you we get correct. a minute, probably longer, where all the humor revolves around the idea of opposite day if this episode was written by a 10 year old i would cut it some slack but these are professional (laughs) television writers and this is some of the worst trek i've ever watched opposite day this is humor i when i think of the simpsons i think of really clever really layers of jokes that work on multiple different levels of humor some of it's very like crass and lowbrow and then there's also very highbrow humor and and referential humor and and a huge variety that if jokes that reveal themselves that are very clever these are uh, some minute jokes about opposite day he calls someone ugly because they're handsome that's a joke what is this robbie will never know (laughs) because it doesn't matter to them so (sighs) okay we're moving along let's see here Okay, so but it turns out that the uh, beer battered the hooks brings back the yum yum fish. 
it wasn't that it was overfished. They just got tired of the bait, I guess. And now they discover what they like. So they bring in a huge harvest of yum yum fish uh, using these beer battered hooks. Uh, and Homer gets promoted to chief fish clubber. Matt. Uh, we. Matt, Matt, Matt. Mm-hmm. I think you're moving too fast here. What they're uh. saying is, is that the reason the yum yum fish stopped, they stopped catching them is because they never tried bread. That's like beer batter. That's bread. That's breading. Mm-hmm. They, you are correct. They and and okay. I can't, I can't. I can't with this. Is and then this montage, Matt. This montage. I I about gave up. This is when. This is when. If I was a normal person, not doing a podcast, I would have turned mm-hmm. off this show. I would have turned this off right at this moment. Well, uh, luckily for them, uh, that is not the case for you. <sighs> so Homer, uh, Homer has beats, a montage. Beats fish, Matt. Uh huh. I'm sure this is a thing that that, that actually happens. No. Um, no, it does not. <laughs> I, I mean, maybe it's something like this happens. No. On a fishing vessel. No. I don't know, and I don't care. No, Matt. Nothing, this is not... That's a thing. Like, if this was some joke about the, the, the brutality of living, like, working on a fishing ship, okay, something like, oh, yeah, they're playing... First of all, it's to Etta James at last. Which, why this song to Homer beating fish with a big old club with nails in it, like a bludgeon? Like, why that? Why at last? But this is not, they don't beat the fish until they're paced on a fishing vessel. They freeze them. They immediately get thrown in a freezer. They don't need to kill the fish. The fish die because they can't breathe, Matt. It's not complicated. I don't know, Robbie. That sounds pretty complicated to me. I mean, who knows how fish die? I just know that they're on my plate. Either they freeze them or they have a hole with some water in them, and then they live for a while longer in the water and freeze them back when they get to the shore. That is how it works. Those are the two things that happen. Depending oh, on the, okay. the well. depending on the ship. There is no beating them. Why would you beat them? What is the point of this? This is I I again, I uh I Put some expletives in our notes at this point. Uh, I I hate this. So I'll make that clear. It is quite bad. So, uh, moving along, we then cut to Lisa and Marge at an Oceanographic Institute uh, where they're just going to check things out. Uh, they they walk past uh, a bunch of goofy stuff. Uh, there's an exhibit where uh, about global warming. Uh, and we learn that there is going to be a big storm coming in. And Homer, of course, is out in it. Press button to see what global warming will do in the next three years. Three years is a long ways away. Oh, my God. A perfect storm. My husband is out there. I won't lie to you. It's the most powerful storm I've ever seen. And I've seen three storms. Captain, I don't like the look of the western sky. Let us head back. I'm sure our Tivos are groaning with great shows. We're not leaving while there's still fish to be air-drowned. Are you sure, Captain? The barometer don't lie. Now listen, if the storm were coming, my trick knee would be acting up. Dear God. 
So, uh, as Robbie pointed out, there's no point in a fish cover because they're just letting them air drown. It's what they do. Uh, so, yes, there's a large storm coming. Uh, a terrible oceanographer uh, is apparently going to tell them that, which I, I guess... I don't think he's a meteorologist. I think he's just a guy. He's seen three whole storms. Uh, and, and it turns out there's a giant storm coming. Just like in that movie. Uh, you know, what, what's that one about a storm, Robbie? Um uh the stupid storm something like that and we find out that they're gonna stay they're gonna get caught homer and the other fishermen are gonna get caught out in it uh and with that we go to commercial for the incredibly stupid third act i i want to i don't know this i can't i can't with this man um though i'll say that the the little science museum that lisa and marge go to that's the that's another bright spot um I like the I like the science of SpongeBob exhibit that we we see in the in the background. I think that global warming bit is probably the funniest sneer quotes funniest thing we see in this whole episode. Um, but here, maybe this is why I'm so upset about this, Matt. Um, and I know that the Simpsons are a 20 minute television program, but normally you foreshadow big dangerous things coming mm-hmm. you would you, you sprinkle in little references here and there wait so foreshadowing it's not saying it's about to happen and it immediately happened no that's th- that that oh yeah i would describe that as being uh narratively bankrupt uh and lazy i literally you know this because you've read the book already my next book coming out uh next month actually should have a pre-order date available pretty soon for all you fine folks at home if you want to uh purchase my not my next novel but uh it has a big hurricane in it that that's coming uh that's coming and guess what i don't do i don't just have like the chapter before the narrative the but the chapter before the hurricane shows up goes someone yells on the final page going there's a hurricane coming no i don't do that i i talk it's here I go, I have someone mention it in the background in like the second chapter. And then I have someone mention it again in the fourth chapter. And I mention it again. And then they people start noticing like, oh, no, that storm is coming. Oh, that storm is getting stronger. And then eventually, and then it builds and builds and builds. And you build up a real threat of a giant storm and how dangerous it is and how it affects people's lives. Not a last second mention over oh there's a hurricane or there's a big storm and it's a perfect storm wink wink nudge nudge uh homer's out in it what happened to barnacle bay what happened to marge that's gone long gone don't care about that anymore now we care about homer and his fishing now it's basically a parody of uh perfect storm yes almost like par- calling it parody is like i think a perfect storm is a good movie it, because it makes the characters empathetic and, and like you know interesting and they give them some depth and you know why they're pushing themselves and why they're willing to risk going out in weather like that and why they don't turn back they don't make them look like morons we come back from commercial at 14 minutes and two seconds um marge is back on shore and uh doesn't know where homer is homer writes her a telepathic letter i that's what happens in this episode right man i'm not making that up right no no, I was just waiting. I was trying to make you question reality, uh, and it worked. Uh, that is what happens. And Homer literally writes her a telepathic letter because it's got the hello and the sincerely Homer Simpson and all that crap at the end. So he is literally writing her a telepathic letter. 
Yeah, Marge is like, I wish I could talk to him. And then she receives a letter right in Homer's voice in her mind. Um, that we we are we're following the, the ship pretty much at this point, and they're having trouble. They're in the middle of a storm. Um, the the captain is basically like, oh, it's time to get the life raft out. Uh, we're having trouble. Uh, we hope they go to where the life raft would be stored. There is no life raft, only Bart. No life raft, only Bart. There is no life raft. I mean, what's what's worse, Bart or Clackalash or Mountain Dew? Um, you remember what I just said about foreshadowing, Matt? I do. This is where you would have a moment earlier on in this episode. If you knew that Bart was going to be on the boat and going to be like, oh, later on this episode, we're going to have a moment where we discover that Bart has been stowed aboard. You should have a couple moments. Probably, I would say two. At least two. You should have one moment where both Marge and Lisa, Marge and Lisa go, what happened? Where'd Bart? Where'd Bart go? Or have a glimpse of Bart appear on the ship. And then maybe something's missing from the ship. Maybe some food's gone missing. Or we see a glimpse of Bart in the background. Something. There is no reason to surprise your audience. Bart is here now. Why? Why did he stow aboard? What's the reason? To add slightly higher stakes because no one cares about Homer anymore? You know how you make the stakes matter, Matt? You don't treat Homer like a cartoon character. You treat him like a vulnerable human that has wants and needs. Um, And you treat the storm like a real thing and you you know build up the threat. If you want to make an episode about a big storm. Not an episode about Barnacle Bay falling into hard times. Which is apparently what they started to do. Um, And then they try and marry the two ideas and it turns out into even a worse mess. Bart's there. Guys, hey guys, Bart is there. Bart is on the boat now. Um, we have a cutaway, quick cutaway to to Mo and the guys at the bar because they suddenly feel like Homer's in danger. Uh, but instead of doing anything, they notice it's raining and go back inside. Okay, cool, thanks. <laughs> um, then, okay, man, I have a question for you. What do you think? How do you feel about storm footage? I feel like it's great for the first couple minutes you see it. And after that, it's completely pointless. That's like 90% of the rest of this episode is just watching a boat get wrecked slowly. There's lots of bad jokes with Homer here. I'm not going to reference every single one. A lot of bad jokes with Bart here. Not going to reference every single one. Um, There's a captain uh, trying to bake the, the boat not sink um ultimately but it's minutes long sequence here with the boat thrashing around in the water the big massive ocean waves hey have you seen a, a perfect storm it's like that but worse um and then the their boat sinks finally uh and we leave them floating in the middle of the ocean i would presumably in the middle of a terrible storm Correct, uh, which usually leads to death. But again, this is The Simpsons. Yeah, usually would absolutely lead to, to death. They they would have no chance. Um, but we instead we don't really see any of them die. We cut to a memorial service on dry land back in Barnacle Bay. Marge is still there, and she's standing. She's opining. She's sad. I guess she thinks Homer and Bart are both dead. Um, don't hey, so Matt. You know, you'd think you'd have like a scene or two here to build up that that new status quo of Bart and Homer missing and gone. So when they do come back, you'd have some sort of. But Robbie, 
then then we wouldn't have the joke of Marge going, Bart was on the boat? Yeah, where has, do you just lost track of your son, Marge? Is that, that's, is that what happened? Um, so Homer, dun da 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 he's back. They're all alive. They're fine. He explains how it happened. We'll never know how that brave crew spent their final moments. Maybe a boiler blew up, sheared their faces, clean off. All we do know is they're in heaven now, hanging their lines off a cloud and fishing for airplanes. The hell we are! Homer! Bart! Portuguese Fausto! Yee yo yo! How did you make it? Well, Handsome here was in big trouble. When suddenly... Oh, my God, it's beautiful! Welcome, Homer, to our watery realm. Wait a minute. Who am I breathing? You're not. Then, when all seemed lost... fish today. I can't go back to living on the surface world. I can't. Then they brought us home. Um, so they got saved by Japanese fishermen. That doesn't sure make do. any, it doesn't make any sense. Nope. Sure doesn't. That doesn't make any sense, Matt. Why would they be Japanese? Why would they be a Japanese uh, fishing Japanese crew? Japanese fishermen are everywhere. Uh, they were fishing on their way to kill some whales, I guess. I don't know. I mean, the name of, apparently this is a sly dig that I only knew because I read it online. The name of the boat in Japanese uh, translates to Dolphin Killer. So it's a sly dig at Japanese fishing practices. Um, Not, I don't know, it's not really a dig. Or, or like, I, I don't know Japanese. Unless someone translated it, I would never get that. So uh, it's not much of anything. Doesn't matter. That's not the end of the episode, though, Matt. You'd be like, what do you mean it's not the end of the episode? It's over. I'm like, nope, not no it's not because the 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 captain's like hey the yum yum fish we were just using the wrong bait they're out there we're gonna go get more fish and make the town something again uh and lisa stops them at the last second come on boys let's grab our nets and go fish us some yum yums wait haven't you learned a lesson here overfishing and greed have brought this town nothing but rack and ruin Repent! Repent! Before it's too late! <laughs> I always wanted to do that in a New England church. The little sheenag has a point. There's got to be some way we can make money without depleting our precious oceans. Nicely done, Lise. Instead of killing living things, they're just killing trees. Step aside, please. These logs have to go to Larry Flint's paper mill, where they'll be made into hustler and barely legal magazines. This is not what I wanted at all. Rob, 
Robbie, it's very important to know that they are going to destroy the environment some way or another. In fact, there is no other way to economic uh, supporting yourself or self-sufficiency than uh, destroying the environment, extracting natural resources. Like, yeah, it's a small island. You can't – they were not going to be able to make any money clear-cutting the trees. It don't, that don't make any sense, guys. It make no sense. Like, at all. And frankly, here's what I would actually say about, like, it's a small island. There are, We saw five boats. They also couldn't make that significant of an impact on the fishing pop population unless they were really overzealous. It, it takes a lot more than that. But, I again, it doesn't matter. It's really about the choice to make this about fishing. Why is this episode about fishing when you introduce the other thing first? Why does Homer dominate the episode? Because, Robbie, Marge can't sustain a whole episode on her feelings. You have to have Homer's wackiness. I didn't ask the Sim- Mr. Simpsons writer about this, Matt. Okay, please don't <laughs> tell him to go away. I don't want. I don't really want to talk to him right now. I'm kind of angry at Mr. Uh-huh. Simpsons writer um, because he ruined my morning. <laughs> he made I me think watch. He ruins every morning you watch a season 18 episode. Ah, not sometimes they're better than others. Uh, this is not one of them. This is a very bad episode. Uh, that's it. That's how it ends, by the way. It ends with them destroying their own trees. So that's real great. Just this nihilism. It just infects everything. It's just cynical and dark. There's no happiness in any of these episodes. I don't know what the hell was going on with the writing room in season 18. Why are they so hateful and mean? But that's what this episode is. And this is even that bad compared to some of the other ones. Uh, we will rank it at the end of the show somewhere. Somewhere, uh, but first we're gonna set, we're gonna ask: Is this episode broken? No, you were right the first time with that quick fix idea. Let's see, quick fix, quick fix. Uh-huh. Yeah, obviously, yes, 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 yes. yes. That's the and thing. More yes, yes. I, I, of course, yes. It's very bad. Uh, it's very broken. Um, each the like I said, uh, a first act. I should know what this episode is about, and it should stick stick to that. It should stay with that. And then the second act is about a different thing. And then the third act is about a different thing. Each of these acts, the third act is just strictly a perfect storm. The second act is like wacky Homer on a, like trying to fix a town and then going on a fishing ship. Like it's just nonsense. And the problem is it's why can't you just stick to your thesis? Why on earth? That is the most craziest thing in the world to me. Like, we talk a lot about man. Like maybe they just ran out of time. You know, they got to make a lot of television shows, and they make out twenty episodes of The Simpsons in a season, and they don't want to write for sixteen hours a day. They don't work a hundred hour weeks. You know, the easy way to not do that is you decide what episode is about, and you just make it about that, and you don't veer off course. You don't try and make side tangents. You just make an episode about the thing. And you stick to that. And every single time you don't know what to do next, you look back at your th- the thesis. You look back at your theme. And that tells you what to do. That is your roadmap. Oh, well, we've. I don't. it doesn't really matter if there's a bunch of nonsense and citing incidents in this. Because at the end of the first act, you go, oh, it's about Marge trying to come to terms with the way Barnacle Bay is now and maybe trying to fix it. And that's what this episode would be. It's not a hard fix. It's real easy. Real simple. Uh-huh. And... Uh, like it's really like i i like in my sleep have these ideas like it's so simple like i i I don't think i'm that smart this but maybe i am because first act you end the same spot 
I don't really need all that inciting incident crap, but fine, keep it. Second act, Marge, we we go on a little tour of Barnacle Bay, just like we do in this normal episode. And then she starts, oh, she sees how bad it is. And we get maybe comparisons, like this is how it used to be. And why did it go downhill? One, is nothing to do with fish. Because that wouldn't make any sense with a tourist destination. Normally, what hits a tourist destination is reputation. Yeah, it's like March and her family didn't go there because of the good yum yum fish fishing. They went there because it was a tourist place. Like, certainly there are parts of the mid-Atlantic to North Atlantic vacation areas that are like, oh, they go there because, like, crab fishing. Like, Maryland. Or you like, oh, yeah, we go to Chesapeake Bay because they have such crab, the good crab and you know, stuff like that. I guess that's what this is going for. But to make it about industry kind of negates everything about why the town, like all the tourist destinations look bad. If you're if you want to make it about industry, you talk about how the normal people have hard lives now. You don't set you don't focus on the touristy stuff like they're two different things. If it's about the touristy stuff, you got to fix. Marge tries to fix it up. She faces some hardship. Um comes to some personal like oh man and has a has a heart to heart with someone uh doesn't really matter someone in the family homer lisa even bart like this is what it's like this uh, i i want it to be the way it was and then they say well Mar well mom well marge it will never be that way because you were a child then and things naturally will look different to you as an adult versus when you were a kid maybe even when she was a kid it wasn't that great it just feels like it was that great watching those old home movies and having her memories intertwined with them but she can still maybe she has a terrific idea an epiphany institutes it we need a local leadership person probably instead of having that dumb ship captain be there we instead have a local mayor or community person someone that represents the locals uh, she goes to them. They fix it up. Homer uh, and and they reveal the big thing at the end, Matt. The big heartwarming moment. They reveal the 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 carousel. Marge gets to she rides the carousel again, and even better, she rides the carousel with Maggie. Let's say, and Maggie's delighted, and she loves it. And then, like it gets to she gets to revisit this, and and then we focus on like oh. This is a maybe Barnacle Bay is now a different place than it was when she was a kid, but it's still a good place for that new families can and maybe even Marge sees another family enjoying Barnacle Bay now that it looks better. Really not that complicated. It's not. And it's like you said, if the whole thing was, oh, you know, this used to be uh, a tourism based around this one fish, you can't overfish a fish like that with tourism like there's only so many people can eat it's like you have to ship it off for large consumption for that so it makes no sense and it has to be about marge uh like you said because you pick a plot and you stick with it and the plot you started with was marge remembering her vacation and that's what you have to stick with otherwise it makes no sense to hop from plot to plot to plot now, i'm gonna hear it. i'm gonna say that like if you don't want to go like oh well it doesn't need to mirror real life uh like you know fishing or whatever I, it doesn't matter if it mirrors real life honestly in the end it muddles the plot it makes your plot more complicated and dumber so you don't do it ultimately like ultimately you find ways around you want to make your plot as clear and concise as you possibly can that is a core mission of any storyteller 
And at the end of the day, anything that makes your plot more muddled and more complicated for no reason, you discard it. You throw it away. And you figure out a new way. But they don't do that. We rank it. Oh, wait, no, I already said that, man. I already said all that stuff. Uh, this is what I say now. I say we can move on to our next segment. It's time for comments on the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments on the news group is where I ask our patrons over there on patreon.com slash the Simpson show. Uh, backers at any level can leave reviews for episodes and I'll read them on air. First from Benjamin. This wasn't too bad overall. I was enjoying the story more when it was was about Homer cleaning up the town Marge loved. I wish they would have done more on that front. Is it just me or was Homer just grabbed and thrown into the plot? Not just you. I mean, it's nice they didn't take a long time to get there, but some explanation would have been nice. They did fool me for a second with the mermaids. Chalk that up to past episodes that feature creatures like Grumbles and Jockeys. I mean, literally, the last episode had a leprechaun and, a, and the Grumbles. The Grumbles? The Grumbles in there. Like, yeah. There could be mermaids. Why couldn't there be mermaids? There have been Loch Ness monsters. Why couldn't there be mermaids? Mermaids could show up and, ho- and save Homer. I would take that. That's it's just as easily explicable as Japanese fishermen. It is. Uh, from Tim. Episode, this episode was frustrating because the underlying premise was decent. Most of us have had the experience of visiting a childhood vacation site and found it wanting as an adult. Problem with the wife aquatic was that everything besides the premise is found wanting. Well, I guess the inciting incident was the worst ever either, but it's far from enough. We do get jerk homer in spades, gigantic holes in the plot, a series of island, or is it bay, who cares, characters that make me long for a guild-based episode, and just to further further irritate this viewer, everybody is a complete moron regarding pretty much everything. I'll put it one below the guild episode, or number 346. Ooh. Man, that's rough, I believe it. We'll see. From Derek. It's weird, but when I think of season 18, I think of this episode. really affected me when I first saw it, not because it was aggressive in its awfulness, but rather because it was aggressive in its blandness. So terribly dull. Everything, the visuals, to the music, to the narrative, makes it such a languid outing and such a slog to get through. I think I kind of hate it. Which may seem a bit extreme for such an unremarkable episode, but its lifelessness really drains the life out of me. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, from JJ, this could have been a good episode if it weren't for Homer. He's full-on poochie in this episode, hogging all the screen time, and he never shuts up. Maybe not a total jerk-ass, but obnoxious and unfunny. I feel like I use obnoxious to describe Homer all the time, but that is his defining characteristic now. Kind of spoiled the decent premise for me. Only a few jokes landed, and there there were a lot of lazy, grown-worthy ones. Opposite-day jokes? Really? There is one thing I have to praise, though, the animation. Despite everything else, the animation and background details in Acts 2 and 3 were gorgeous. I'd say it's worth watching just for that, but maybe mute it so you don't have to hear Homer. I think that's uh, the animation thing is an interesting thing to bring up because it's something that is hard to quantify because as the show has gone on for years and years and years and sometimes been narratively empty, the animation has only gotten better and better and better and better to this very day. Uh, And it looks great. And... I think in strangely in my mind, Matt, and people talk about this a lot. They reference, oh, the HD era and how the show is not good. And they like, I think it's just because the show narratively is so bad at points. It's that somehow is coupled to the idea that it looks nice. It could it's but you could make a good episode and have it look nice. <laughs> you could do both. Yeah, I wish they would. From Lauren. I'm really disappointed. There were some okay moments, like Homer doing something nice for Marge. There were several jokes. I even chuckled once. Maybe? Hmm. Premise was good until the town became angry at Homer for reasons. Then it went downhill. 
Why did it shift from a heartwarming story about Marge to a stupid, to a stupid fisherman story about Homer? I can literally hear Matt's voice in my head saying, "If Homer's not on screen, you should be asking where's Homer." <laughs> so I'm sorry, I'm sorry, guys. So I gotta go. The bad about this episode, really bad, like the last act plus homosexual suicide and Nazi quote unquote jokes. The one that made me angry was a meta- methamphetamine quote unquote joke. Yeah. Oh, we didn't even mention that, Matt. The people at the who apparently just those those people who work at the candy shop are all meth heads. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. They they work on the. You know why they work on the carousel? So they could buy meth. Isn't that a great joke? Oh my god, I forgot. I forgot what you talking about. I think my brain tried to erase that. The save me. Uh, meth is a horrifying drug, and addiction is never funny. Jerks. <laughs> That's really, I should just start using that. I like jerks just with exclamation point. For the last act and those jokes, I would say this episode has an overall shock value of a five. That's on the Lauren specific, how much are we shocking the writers <laughs> scale, which I do appreciate. I think I agree with that as well. Uh, finally, from Aaron. So how did an episode about Marge's favorite childhood vacation spot turn into a Homer episode? Oh yeah, because when Homer is not on screen, we are supposed to ask, where is Homer? Ugh, awful. It's had so much potential. Instead, it had me yearning for the halcyon days of motorcycle fights and PBS pledge drives. Now, oh, okay, Aaron. Let's not say things we can't take back. <laughs> Motorci- I, well, motorcycle fights, this is the most, absolutely, the uh, Take My Wife's Sleeves is better. I'll say it's absolutely better than this episode. I'll agree with that. I don't know about Missionary Impossible. Oof. I don't know about that. Oh, Missionary Impossible. Yeah, we'll, we'll see about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's for it for uh, comments from our patrons. Thank you guys for your reviews. Thank you for sitting through these terrible episodes and leaving such well thought out reviews. You too can join our cavalcade of calamity at Parade of Pain over on our Patreon. Any a backer of any level can leave reviews. Uh, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for the literature question of the week. Let's try one more number. Yellow. KBBL's gonna give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is what is your favorite non Christmas, non Halloween holiday movie? Lots and lots of great answers. Matt, take it away. All right, from Matthew, not me. Uh, it's a basic answer, but Groundhog Day. It's one of those movies that anytime I see it on, I have to watch a bit of it. Very true. Uh, from Charles, Groundhog Day. Ha, <laughs> I was the first to say it. Huh, from Alex, does Happy Death Day count? Yes, yes, it does. If not, my bloody Valentine or Friday the 13th. Uh, from Hava, Ernest goes to jail. It's a holiday for the victims of the crime when a criminal goes to jail. Plus, I cry laughing when he's on the jury and eats that ink pen. Oh, man, I haven't seen an Ernest movie in so long. Uh, all right, going to have to fix that today. Uh, from Casey, I'm going uh, to go with a special, not quite a movie, and say a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. I've always loved it more than both the Christmas and Halloween specials. Something about Woodstock and Snoopy makes, making a feast of snacks is just so delightful. I watch it every year. That is a good one. Okay, uh, from Tim. Easily Groundhog Day. Bill Murray was meant to play Phil Connors in much the same way Phil Hartman was meant to play Troy McClure. The story was engaging, funny, and has aged well. Nice to have a story where you root for the protagonist, even a sarcastic one. That's that's true. Groundhog Day gets a lot of love, but for, for different things from different people, which is one of the things I enjoy about it. And for the love of God, I know I've talked about this a lot. But if you guys haven't seen the musical and you get the opportunity, it's even better than the movie. Even better, but only seven people on Earth have have, have seen it. So don't hold your breath. <sighs> I know. And they were all in that theater with me. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I've seen it twice, actually. Uh, so it's up to like 14 now. OK, good. All right. Uh, from Lauren Groundhog Day. I watched the movie for the first time in a long time a few weeks ago, and I couldn't stop laughing. 
uh, from Rich. I'm going to say Monty Python's Life of Brian. Technically, it takes place around the first Easter, <laughs> the very first Easter. Uh, from Andy, planes, trains, and automobiles. I'm surprised it took this long to get to that one, Robbie. I mean, these are not listed uh, in any. I do not like chronologically put these in the order people answered, Matt. So they could. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Okay. Okay. Fair. Fair. All right. Uh, from Benjamin, uh, I always watch The Sandlot around the Fourth of July. Baseball movies that works out perfectly. Uh, from Matt L. Columbia eighty eight, watching Jaws for the Fourth of July is a tradition in my household. Perfect timing for that. Uh, from at one three eight bit, uh, V for Vendetta. I remember to watch it every fifth of November. Ah, uh, fifth of November. Here, this remember, is my remember. this is my lone opinion about V for Vendetta, both the comic mm-hmm. and the film. V is not a hero, guys. V is a terrorist who kidnaps a young woman and tortures v, her. V, Rick, and Tyler Durden are all the same. You're not supposed to root for them. V is an in, he's an interesting and compelling character, but he is not a hero. He is a, exactly. he is he is an anti-hero in the truest sense of the word. Doesn't make V for makes V for Vendetta still great art, still great story. But the movie also the movie makes him tries to make him more of a hero than he. The comic book is very clear. V is a monstrous person. He can't help it because he was. He was also tortured and had terrible things done to him, but uh, or them, I should say. I don't know if they are actually gender V, but um, V is not a hero. No, I'm gonna say it not. every time. If anyone mentions V from Vendetta, I'm gonna say it. I'm sorry, can't help it. Yeah. Alrighty. Uh, from at Boar ATX Groundhog Day, of course. <laughs> from at Smells J. No, 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 no. Uh, Come on, Matt. No, 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 no. Come on, do the bit. I. Why do I gotta do that? Do the bit from at Boar ATX Groundhog Day, of course. From at Bort ATX Groundhog Day, of course. Yeah, it's a bit. Uh-huh. Uh huh. From at Smells J, whose wonderful name is Smells Like Otto's Jacket. Fantastic. Uh, major League for the start of spring training. Uh, from at Yes, it's Aaron. Planes, trains, and automobiles. Those aren't pillows. Robbie, what is your response? It's really tough because I do want to say Groundhog Day because Groundhog Day is great. But I'm yeah. going to say I don't. Like, obviously, Groundhog Day is, like, attached to the literal Groundhog Day. I don't care about literal Groundhog Day at all. It has no connection to an actual holiday to me. Groundhog Day is just a great movie that just happens to be a time loop around a weird niche holiday. My answer is Jaws. Uh, Jaws, Jaws is a very Jaws good choice. Is, Jaws is a fantastic movie. Uh, I think of it very tightly around July 4th um, about America. I think about Jaws uh, so much that I my first novel is also around July 4th weekend. Um, Conquest. My, my werewolf wolf book. I can't say wolf like normal people. Um, what's your answer, Matt? Oh, it's it's tough, honestly. Um, I'm actually probably going to go... Uh, Groundhog Day, obviously, is is a fantastic movie. Again, musical better. I'm going to go with Independence Day, uh, the movie, ID4, uh, because it's just so jaw-droppingly stupid and i love things like that i mean brent spiner's crazy scientist jeff goldblum as a cable repair man uh who or not i can't he's not a cable cable company i know he's he's a broadcast engineer but he saves the day with his hacking skills so i mean i he he kills aliens what i do so you know he, he kills aliens with america online with a, with a mac power book okay yeah the- of course that would work. Obviously, they use the, we use we use the same computer systems as an alien. You know, it's funny. I think we've talked about this, but uh, there is a deleted scene where he spends, you know, 
days trying to figure out how to make the systems compatible and they just cut it out of the movie because average people don't understand why that's a or, thing. Or, I mean, to be fair, or care. I mean, like, and how stupid the or rest care. of the movie is. What ma- What does it matter? I mean, they literally just steal scenes from Star Wars. They're still <laughs> literally the same scene. They just no move it. Cares. Nope. Uh, our next question. Next week's question. What is your favorite childhood vacation? Not something nice and sweet. Nice, sweet, quick uh, question. I'm going to have to think about this. I think I have my answer. But some nostalgia here. No, with no without shame. Without without Marge's uh, realization about the, the entropy of the universe in this episode. <laughs> yeah. What, what's your favorite childhood vacation? I'll post this on all our social media. Twitter, at Simpsons Show Pod. You can email us at Simpsons Show Pod at gmail.com. Uh, and you can answer the question on our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. It is time, Matt. Time, once again, for the No Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean, S-M-A-R-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge, where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One measy, one, one measy, one easy, one medium, and one hard, and try and stump the other. I'm losing my perspicacity. Um, Matt, are you ready for an easy question? I suppose I could be. <clears throat> The Simpsons vacation where in summer of four foot two? I believe that'd be little blog Matascorm set port. That's correct. All righty. <clears throat> Going way back for today for you. Oh, no. uh, name one of the items that gets stolen by the cat burglar in Homer the Vigilante. Um, Lisa's saxophone. You are correct. Marge's pearls. Uh, there. Okay. Um, you're not getting bonus points for these I'm, i know I'm, I'm trying i'm just doing it for fun um Marta's pearls lisa saxophone um grandpa's teeth um i don't remember what else <laughs> uh the portable dv bart's stamp collection uh principal skinner storm and norman collective plates uh flanders is uh, uh shroud of turin beach towels and i'm pretty sure there's one or two more that we hear about but those are just the ones i figured shroud of turin beach towels it's quite some beach. Uh-huh. Those are quite some towels, Flanders. They All are. Right. Your medium question, Matt. And this is, I, I, I this would, t- I, I would apologize, but I don't, I'm not sorry. Uh, your medium okay. question. Who is the publications advisor at Springfield Elementary? Um, oh, Mr. Estes. How? <laughs> How do you know that? because uh, they in the episode they go who died made you uh queen of the yearbook or whatever he goes mr estes the publication director yeah <laughs> i, I know but that's a, like, a million years could go by i wouldn't know the answer to that <laughs> i don't feel Sorry, bad at Robbie. all now that was my medium question I'm like no. you'll never get this this is impossible for a medium question yeah. you're like oh mr estes but now i don't feel bad at all now i'm angry nope. <laughs> all right your medium question what did homer buy instead of homeowner's insurance this is also homer the vigil is that homer vigilante is that the name of the episode yes it's all the same one. okay um instead of homeowner's insurance homer is this the one where he bought magic beans magic beans you are correct magic beans ah! <laughs> magic beans oh stop blaming the beans i was right it's a miracle it's the first time this season i've got a medium question right it's a freaking miracle <laughs> okay your hard question man i might even ask you this one before but i'm not sure um it's still incredibly difficult um you you can get partial credit on this 
What are Lisa's listed achievements in the yearbook? Okay. Um, bathroom timer. Uh, lunchroom attendant. Um, oh, God. That's... Hmm. Um, I want to say straight A's, and I can't remember anything else. All right, Matt, you got nothing, right? Aw. Uh, Lisa's listed achievements in the yearbook. Junior overachiever, one, two. Record for most hand raises in a semester, 763. Most popular student's sister, spelling bee queen, two. Camera club, comma, head shutterbug. Tidiest locker, parentheses, unopposed. Close parentheses, one, two. State champion in fraction follies. And finally, voted student you most likely cheat off of, one, two. Where do you see this? I don't remember any of those. You see it on, uh, you zoom in on her picture in the yearbook. Oh, And it's listed right below in the little text. Um, Well, how about that? And it's quite. I thought you were talking about the one she says out loud. How foolish of me. Well, this is a hard question, and I don't like you, so I want you to get them wrong. Okay. <laughs> What's Fair. my hard question, Matt? Mm. I forgot. My bad. What year did the Springfield cat burglar start burgling? Hmm. Established. Well, here, Matt. I don't know this off the top of my head, but there is a finite amount of years. And I know how old, roughly, Malloy is at the time that episode came out. So I just have to guess a year in that range somewhere. Uh-huh. And there's a small chance I will get it right. I know it's on a business card. He, I know it's on the business card he leaves. It's established. Springfield Capitalist established year. Um, 1987. Ooh, I'm sorry. 1957. Wow. So it is a birth year. Okay. I'm assuming. I... Mm... Or he I was mean, that, born... That would, that would he make was born pretty in, young. He was born in 1937 and he started when he was 20. That's what I'm assuming, yeah. Okay. I guess that's fair. I, 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 I always pictured Malloy as a guy who fell into cat burglary. It didn't, didn't do it his whole life, but I guess that was, I guess I'm mistaken. No, you have no opinions about Malloy's? I have no opinion of that. Ma- no. Nope. You don't think Malloy could have been something else? He had some other career nope. before he was I a cat burglar? I think uh, he grew up uh, on his own, and that's all he could ever do. He was he was he was hustling from the day he was a child, from the day his parents left him on uh, a doorstep of an orphanage, and but he said, "Not nah, screw that." But he's so suave and so well spoken. You'd think he would have had some proper education. I always he would thought, have to be. I, that's what I mean. I assume that he was like well educated and uh, upper crust, and he always stole from the other rich people all around him as a young man, and then eventually someone discovered it. And forced him into a life on his own, out of his the comfortable life he lived in. But now he's making money by stealing anything he can find, not just stealing from the rich. See, Sometimes I just assumed that he was one of those kids who who saw the rich kids and were like, "I'm going to take everything they have." So he learned to be like that. I think that's all we're. we're I don't think we're ever going to get any more established canon about Malloy. Unfortunately, Matt. probably not. Probably, probably. not. No. Uh, well, Matt and I both got three points. This it's a banner day. Both Matt and I got three <laughs> points. We're so many points. So many points. That's that's the most combined points we've had so far this season, Matt. We haven't had more than that's wow. six I'm, points combined. We've had five. I've... We did five once before, but this was our first for six. Uh, unfortunately, I'm still three points behind. 
uh, uh, Brian Green tweeted at me, uh, taunting me, saying I would have to invite Andrew back on the podcast just for the excuse that I could get more trivia points out of him. Um, that's not necessary yet. 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 But maybe later on the season, we might, it might come to that. And I'm not, I'm not above it. <laughs> uh, we can move on to our final segment. Segment we end every single episode with. It's time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part of the show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically. We watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever. And how good they are. Um, let's just scroll down here. Oh boy. Uh, keep, scrolling. Nope. keep scrolling. This is real bad. Um, there's just nothing, nothing in this thing. Uh, nothing at all. It's so empty. Um, uh, let's see. Okay. This is, a, I'm looking at this randomly kind of my eyes went to this one, Matt, and I think this is going to place to start. Number 319, Helter Shelter. Is this better or worse than Helter Shelter? Helter Shelter is the episode where Helter Shelter Shelter is the episode where uh, Marge and Lisa murder someone. They kill a man. They push him off a cliff and he dies. Oh, that's right about their reality show. Oh, Mm -hmm. uh huh. Mm -hmm. That is the reality show. That's eighteen ninety five or whatever it is. Challenge. Uh, Um, I think this might be slightly better than that. Um, The Barney Over has Tony Hawk with it in it, so it does. Obviously, that has to be better than this. Does it? No, it doesn't. It was a joke, probably. Okay. Uh, I mean, Barting Over is very similar. Like, I, I feel like that's why I'm looking at these episodes. Like, there's just not much to them. Um, they're they're hung, they're strung along with like loose, dumb. Like, Helter Shelter has more of a plot, but it's also somehow dumber than this. Like, I don't know how that's somehow. possible, but they do it. I think it's mostly the ending. Um, but this reminds me of that. It reminds me of Barting Over, where it's just like, oh yeah, Bart's on his own. Why? Oh, we don't know. He just is. Tony Hawk's here. Uh, yeah, he's on his own because uh, Homer stole all the money he got from making an embarrassing commercial when he was a child. How do you remember that, Matt? How Bobby, do you... It was so stupid. How do I not? A little baby stink breath? Matt, I I try and excise all of this out of my brain as soon as possible. I mean, that'd be nice. Not all of us can do that. Some of us are blessed with perfect memory. <laughs> I don't. I disagree on that on that front, Matt. Mr. Perfect Memory. Yeah, okay. Yeah, all right. <laughs> You have to be listening in the first place to form memories, Matt. Exactly. That's why I have a I have a perfect memory as long as I actually heard it. I think I do think Barting Over is probably better than this, though. I think Barting Over is better than this. I do. Helter Shelter is the one I'm like, "Eh, it's probably better than Helter Shelter just because no one dies. Uh, (laughs) They don't commit murders. I mean, they are the crew of a reality TV show, so you know. I want to know. I want to say that they knew what they were signing up for, but that was the early days of know. reality TV. They didn't understand yet that That's the, true. the danger. Nowadays, the danger. Like... They didn't get hazard pay. Of course, uh, the, with all the the strike right now, with all the production people, I don't. Pretty sure their lives are. They sound pretty miserable. So I don't want to uh, be too mean. I think that's a good enough spot for this. In this kind of this this area. Um. These are all episodes are all kind of empty and, and just bland and boring and stupid. Um, I think my gut says this is a good spot. Below Barting Over, above Helter Shelter, The Wife Aquatic. What? You tell me, Matt. Why is this episode called The Wife Aquatic? Does that make any sense with the context of what this episode happens in this nope, episode? No, whatsoever. Why? Why? 
Why would you do it? Just because, oh, we know we that people recognize the life aquatic, so we're just going to steal. has nothing to do with Steve Zissou. has nothing to do with, like, there's water in it, but the life, Marge is barely in it after the first act. We don't care? Yep. Okay. Don't care. Fair enough. I, I mean, fair enough. Uh, so that's a new number... 319 on the list, right below Barney O, right above Helter Shelter, and new number 128 on the post-Golden Years ranking. Um, number one on the list is still Homer's Enemy. Last place is still, still Codependence Day. Um, it's going to stay that way. Probably. Probably. Uh, before we go, there is one last question we have to answer. That question is, do we shoot this episode out of the cannon? Uh, like why? Why would we keep it? What? Like what? Yeah, the, none of this is is useful. Like there's nothing. Like there's zero thing. Nothing of value. This is not a place of honor. <laughs> <laughs> See what we do? We fire the cannon. <laughs> Goodbye, wife aquatic. Never see you again. Never think about you again. Goodbye, Barnacle Bay. Uh, Barnacle Bay sounds like a water park that you yeah. go you, like that's next to a Jimmy uh, the next to a was it a Margaritaville Jimmy Buffett Resort or something. Um, we are working our way down through the top of the list, asking the same question about episodes we haven't decided yet, and we're at number sixty nine. Nice. It is the Canine Mutiny. This is uh, if this doesn't stay. This is like the only good Sinister Helper episode. I mean, I know he's been the focus of a couple of others, but what? Yeah, really. what? This, this... The only good? How dare you? The only good Sinister Helper episode. Name one other one. Bart's dog gets an F. Oh damn! Why do I always get this confused? You're right. That's the one I was thinking of. This uh, is this is the canine a, mutiny is just this is uh you're right. The, there are two. This is uh what's this? This is the dog uh, Laddie. This is Laddie. Mm-hmm. This is the Laddie episode. Um, the one where they they steal a dog from a blind man. <laughs> they steal a dog from a blind man, and uh, they also uh, have the cops, uh, you know, get to steal a blind man's weed for a party. I here's my this is why I always explain to my head, Matt, is that 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 was the cops going, hey, uh, if you let us have a party, you don't you won't go to jail. Which still seems wrong, but a less wrong way. I mean, I think as long as you don't go to jail at the end, then it's fine. It's basically paying a fine to not go to jail. I think I would take that trade. Not get arrested. Mm-hmm. That's probably a good thing. I mean, to be fair, this that episode was you know recorded 25 years ago when people were much more uh, up in arms about the demonization of drugs of all kinds back then nowadays we're much more lenient with how many states have legalized marijuana etc cetera, etc cetera. but yes of course canine immunity is great um it's a good bard episode a good sansel helper episode etc cetera, etc cetera. as matt would say the only two good sansel helper episodes what about uh what about uh simpsons roasting on an open fire robbie how long has it been since you watched that episode it's. I understand. It's a very. It's a season one episode. It's the first episode of the Simpsons. And it's very rough animation wise, and like they don't have everything down yet. And Homer still sounds like a um, Walter Matthau. Walter Matthau, but it ends. He's a Simpson. Like he's he's he what pathetic and he's a he's a Simpson. Like it's it established the identity of the show so well early on. I still think it's good. 
Not great. Yeah, you're right. It's it's not, not great, but it's good. It's charming. It's cute. Wrong. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Um. So that's yes. Of course, Kenya Mean is part of the canon. We can let's see what the uh, you can find this list. Our website, thesimpsonshow dot com, has links to everything we do. Our uh, to our social media, to our RSS feed, to our Patreon. Obviously, help us there. I've already plugged it a couple times. We what's our next episode, Matt? Our next episode, Matt, is. Revenge is a dish best served three times, which is a <sighs> anthology episode about revenge. I guess that is what I am discovering. We get the, the we have a Count of Monte Cristo parody, a Revenge of the Nerds parody, oh boy, and a Batman origin story, Bartman origin story in this in this style a la Batman Begins. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I uh, will. We'll, we'll see how that goes. That's the next time. You can watch along with us and uh, leave your reviews on our Patreon. Blah 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 blah. Um, this is where I say that will wrap us up. You can find me online on my Twitter at Robbie Dorman. That's my name. My website is also my name. It's also RobbieDorman.com. R o b b i e d o r m a n dot com. Um, you can find links to all the things I do. My other podcasts and links to purchase my. Horror novels, my newest novel, Death Rattle. You can buy that on Amazon, along with all my other books. I have eight of them. I would encourage you to go buy all of them. They're all great horror novels. If you love a good, quick, steaming, early Stephen King slash Dean Koontz, it's like, uh, it's like the best Stephen King novels. They're all nice and short, and the and it's like Dean Koontz, but without all the troubling politics that he carries with him. On Amazon, go read them. Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. Uh, that is accurate. I spend all my time cleaning rooms behind kittens uh, because while they are cute, they are also incredibly disgusting. Uh, but you can see these adorable little uh, vials of poop on kitten turns. K-I-T-T-I-N-T-E-R-N-S on Instagram. Uh, I appreciate how cute they are because there's a lot of work behind the scenes to make them that way. Can't argue with that. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. And keep watching this. Uh... Shh.